This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. Well, good morning. Morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of the Radiant Reflections podcast. Happy episode 30 of Radiant Reflections. Yes, we are three... Mm. decades worth of episodes no that's yeah. not it doesn't work that it way doesn't. that's not what a yeah. decade is deca yeah. whatever whatever units of 10 hopefully we have three more decades of life josh i, I think we you do know what i hope so yeah 70s i hope so life expectancy is going, yep. going yep. higher which uh our 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 friend and brother pastor ryan he turned 40 yesterday so he did he yep. did that's a big one i did think that pam was gonna get in trouble for bringing it up in first service because uh, everybody on the worship team was like, well, uh, Mike says to me, our business manager, he says, today's Ryan's birthday. We need to sing a uh, happy birthday from stage. I'm like, I'm telling you, that he is will, a, he will not thank you for that. You do not want to do that. Thank that you is that. a, that's a bad decision. Uh, Ryan is a private fellow who does not like that. The, that would be even worse than his second most, he, if you tell the waiter at a waitress at a restaurant that it's his birthday that's gonna frost him as well he really just doesn't want attention which yes i appreciate that yes. he's yeah. a humble man but uh yeah he turned 40 yeah. yesterday yeah so uh well hey we're gonna we're gonna jump in but first i've, I've got to admit and i don't want to I'll, I'll get us sideways right out of the gate here okay. so last episode mm. you you made a comment about like the best album of all time yes it was dark side of the moon i do believe that so I have been stewing on this. I'm going to say secular, and I, I should have qualified. Well, no, that. I mean yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. but I mean, like I've been stewing on this. Like, is there okay. one album that I would consider the greatest of all time? And I can't, I can't come up with just one. Okay. I, I was, I like, I was like, I was scrolling through on iTunes on my on my home computer. Okay. On my iTunes, I have 900 albums. Uh, wait, albums or songs? No, this is al- now some of these because of the magic of iTunes. Some of these are singles; they count okay, as albums. Okay. But I sure, mean, sure. the the vast majority are okay. are full albums. Okay, and I was like, I can't, I can't pick just one. So, real quick, if okay. you will indulge me, yes, I have what I would consider my top fifteen. <laughs> You have to go fast, Josh. I'm gonna go fast. All right. Okay, so what is go. this? Uh, Nightfall in Middle Earth by Blind Guardian. It's an entire record based okay. on the Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay, you're over. I knew J.R.R. Tolkien is the only things I heard. So, understood. So it, the whole album is based on that. Okay. Uh, the second one is The Adventures of the O.C. Supertones okay. by the O.C. Supertones. Supertones. First I'm ska right. record I, uh, okay. I ever heard. Yeah. Engine of a Million Plots by Five Iron Frenzy. Okay. Another uh, ska Familiar. band. Young in My Head. By Starflyer Fifty Nine, who I know I've is your favorite. Who I've mentioned, they're my all-time favorite band. Yes, they just have too many good records to pick just one. And these are in no particular order, mind you. Okay. Uh, Left of Cool okay. by Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. I love Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, dude. Victor Wooten, phenomenal bass yes. player. Oh, it'll blow your hair back. And Bela Fleck, he could play like what does he play? Banjo, Banjo and all kinds of stuff. Great music. Uh, I'm going to turn you on to something else from Bela Fleck. Have you heard the one, the record with? Uh, Zakar Hossein, where he's playing tabla with Bella Fleck. Uh-uh. Oh, bro. I love tabla. I don't know if huh. you like the instrument, um, but it's Bella Fleck. And then it's, oh, I can't remember. There's a third instrument. It's, well, no, so like, like they do the Fleck tones. They have, so Future Man, who is actually Victor Wooten's brother, I believe, okay. is their percussionist, but he created his own instrument Yeah, no. called a Synthax Drumatar. That's crazy. And he that's kind of like his percussive instrument. 
No, now, this Eastern is Zukar Hussain. He's like huh. a world famous, world class table player, an unbelievable table player. You want to look up some. So, what's a table? A tabla. Tabla. Tabla is a. It's a very small hand drum. Look it up. T a b l a. And it's, you know, like a djembe or something like that. You, you know, you're just doing this kind of stuff. Maybe some of this. Tabla, you play. Not only you do that, but you're doing it with the fingertips. Huh. Going, brit, brit, brit. I mean, the finger rolls. Josh, it's crazy. Pretty cool. Yeah, with Bella Fleck, but keep going. Okay. Sorry. All this right. isn't about. No, uh, no, no, this is good. This is good. Um, Petra is the band. Beyond absolutely. Belief. That's the record that got me and my brother Aaron into. Yeah real music yeah. uh we would say uh joy electric's album robot rock joy electric uh Definitely. some good <laughs> uh this was a this was a tough call but i, I landed on liberate to x and ferris okay by zeo okay uh, zeo, that yeah, yeah. that in there uh where blood and fire bring rest those okay. are like two very close but i, I went okay. with liberate uh tourniquet is the band album vanishing lessons okay uh they're a they're a metal band Okay. Value Pack, their first record. It's a self self-titled uh record. Okay. Craig's Brother, their homecoming album. Okay. Uh Goaty Hook's Banana Man. Okay. Record. The first song I ever learned to play on bass yeah. was Just Fools, which is track eight on the Banana okay. Man record. Um Picture of the Eighth Wonder by Poor Old Lou. Okay. That's uh that's some good stuff. Uh Aaron uh Sprinkle. He's done a lot of different stuff, but Poor Lou is kind of his first band. And then mm -hmm. finally, by Stavesaker, their uh, EP Against the Silence. Interesting. So, so you, Josh, you, you're not like picking the Rolling Stones. Like you are picking no. un, more, more uh, rare, we'll say. Yeah. I mean, unique, most of the, unique is the word I want. Yeah. I mean, most of the stuff I listened to growing up was not at all mainstream. Sure. Like, I mean, we were... We were technically only supposed to listen to Christian music sure. growing up. I Same. mean, it's so like a lot, but but contemporary Christian music was like, Bleh. yeah. So like, as we started to discover a little bit more of the quote unquote underground mm -hmm. Christian music scene, right? You know, your punk, your hardcore, your ska, like all that type of stuff. That's where I really kind of learned to love music. So, so yeah. let's let's ask a quick question before we get to coffee. Did you grow up in purity culture? Like, did you grow up in a house was like focused on the family kind of because I did and it had certain ramifications about the music and, and so forth. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Dobson yeah. was a, Dobson. you know, a regular yeah. kind of feature. You mm -hmm. know, we listened to, you know, the local radio station. They always played yeah. focus on the family type. Yes. Stuff. Dude, I loved and I honestly, okay. like I'm not too, I'm not ashamed to admit I still love me a good Adventures in Odyssey episode. Okay, I want to ask you this question. <laughs> Do you remember it was a radio drama broadcast called Unshackled? Do you remember this? Yeah, based on the mission in Chicago. Yes. Dude, I listened to that every Saturday night, brother. Dude, I grew up on that. My Dude, parents I would have us. It. it was it was all testimonies, like super crazy ways that people yeah, came yeah. to Christ. So the voiceover of Unshackled for a brief season was was on our voiceover team. It was so cool to meet. No him. kidding. Yeah. So I, the reason I ask that about the purity culture or I use focus on the family is kind of this overarching idea of, of church life in the, we'll say, late 80s, early 90s, which was when I was growing up. You were a little bit, a little bit not much, yeah. not much. Um, but yeah, my parents, I remember we had this uh, dime store, we called it, right, uptown. It was called W.R. Thomas. 
like it was and they had like bins with candy in it and stuff. I know I'm sounding like like a caveman old, but it's not. <laughs> any rate, back in the day, you People could still go to the store and buy candy. It's they all do. Right. I mean, that's it's all right. But they they back in the day they had these things called maxi singles. Do you guys remember these? So this was a it was on, a cassette, on the cassette. tape, yeah. but it came it did not come with a hard case. It came with like a cardboard sleeve and it was cellophane shrunk shrink wrapped and only had five tracks on it. Uh, sometimes three, you know what I mean? And I remember when I first got my mom and dad listen to the podcast, so they're going to laugh when they hear this. When I first <laughs> went up to W.R. Thomas and I bought, um, uh, well, Gu Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, immediately destroyed. <laughs> mom took that, immediately destroyed. Then I think before that was Beastie Boys License to Ill. Dude, I, I bought, see, my parents didn't, my, my parents never like found and destroyed any of my music. Oh, I got to destroy it, bro. I got, I felt guilty and destroyed it myself. I probably bought License to Ill like four times, so man. Good. So good. <laughs> Beastie Boys, yeah, my parents and growing up too in that, in the purity culture. And it was all, these are good things. When I say this, I'm not saying, because there's bad things I think about mm -hmm. purity culture. We could do a whole episode on that, but there's good things too. Uh, we did not have MTV at our house like we didn't have we cable never TV. we never had cable we didn't no. have cable but it was it was specifically because of the influence of mtv and what that would do to our brains my sister and i which um, i mean to be fair yeah, to be fair like the couple yes. of times i've been somewhere with cable and you like yes. you click on mtv i haven't it's seen it's total MTV. garbage i haven't seen mtv in probably 30 total garbage years, no i mean 20 years maybe. the appeal 25. like the the way like as a teenager you wanted to watch mtv sure. because it they kind of pitched it as music videos and well, cool. i, I want to watch music yeah. videos uh very little of what i've ever seen on mtv is music videos well when i so. started watching mtv it was okay. right but then they started having these like reality tv shows which is complete trash uh but anyway i was just curious if your music tastes were shaped by you know how you grew up you know, because I think they are like the reason I think I like Pink. My dad loves Pink Floyd too, mm -hmm. uh, likes classic rock. My mom does. Um, so I think, and I grew up on some of that. My dad had actual records and mm -hmm. albums. Um, they also listened to this really like super ethereal lady named Enya. Dude, I like, I've got a couple of Enya records. Dude, I remember my mom and dad would put the Enya CDs on <laughs> and it would be like this thing that would make us go to sleep. Like, it, yeah, so we're having total flashbacks. I love, dude. Here. So, like, there's an episode of Friends. And they play the Enya song "Time," That's and, I, the and I, I remember, I remember when as soon as that track came out, I was like, "I have to find out what this is because yeah. this is just awesome." It was a theory. So I do, uh, I do, I do have that. My dad yes. had, uh, he had a bunch of records. Yeah, um, I remember he had a. I don't remember the album, but it was the Gordon Lightfoot record that had uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald on it. Oh yeah, I would play that over and over and sure. over. Uh, he had some Three Dog Night. Okay. Okay. Jeremiah was a That was good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my parents, again, technically we yeah. were supposed to only listen to Christian music. We didn't always follow that. And especially sure. as I got into my later teens, you mm. know, there were bands, bands that I really, really enjoyed. Last week, you know, I mentioned The Offspring. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've always liked Metallica. Sure. Uh, you know, I remember as a, it's kind of like a rebellious teenager, right? You'd sit there mm -hmm. listening to the the hard rock station, yeah, with your cassette loaded in the in the radio, and as soon as the Metallica song dub. on, you push record, yeah. Which I mean is pirate dub, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, dub tapes. I'm sorry, Lars Ulrich. I know that he was one of the ones who got they got furious, with, uh, freaked out. 
Napster? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. That was like the initial. Yeah, yeah. Metallic was like, yeah, nah, bro. They burned them down. That's so. not happening. We are going to sue you. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, coffee. Yes. All right. So this so week, what are we drinking? We are drinking an Ethiopian yoga chef. This <laughs> that's just fun to say. Yes, yoga chef. And a lot of the the coffee people say yurg, uh, but the yoga chef is a town or a region in mm-hmm. Ethiopia where really really good coffees are grown. So this this coffee, and again, this is another coffee that was given to us uh, by the Chups from their friend Chris oh, Colbert. Okay. So I opened up this bag uh, this morning. Actually, so we don't have uh, we don't have tasting notes on that one. We don't have one. tasting notes. It's the grumpy grou- or grouchy, grouchy guys guy. coffee yeah which we're hoping he's less grouchy yeah, this week yeah we tried I last week i don't know if if uh rod sent him a copy of the but a copy it sent him a link to this to the podcast if, where we if he his put coffee. his cassette in and dubbed this episode <laughs> <laughs> the old guys here dude actually okay but it's good coffee it is good coffee yes. no i might just be trying to relive my glory days here but okay. i'm curious what you're tasting okay I am tasting, um, let me go again. Definitely like nectarines. Okay. Um, so you're going, you're going, you're going. Yeah. I'm, go, I'm going with citrus. So clementines, nectarines, oranges. Um, there's, it's not as tart though. Sometimes that gets kind of tart. Um, yeah. Okay. So I again, this is where I think I'm just trying to wriggle in my. I think the smell. I I'm gonna go back to my my good old strawberry. Like I like I think smell sure. and taste. There's maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of little bit of strawberry. I adjusted the grinder this morning. Uh, I tightened it up a little bit, and I feel like that gave us a stronger cup of coffee. It feels like it's more. It tastes more extracted. Normally, I have it on a seven on my hand grinder, and I went to a six point five. Which, but it's super smooth. Yeah, like the yeah, real good, good, real good, yeah. smooth cup of coffee. Speaking so, of coffee, now registration is closed. It is, but from the time that you watch or listen to this podcast, we will uh, will be only a few days away from the tasting event. And yeah, celebration it's this Saturday. Yep, this coming Saturday for our seven hundred and fifty uh, subscribers, and I got two coffees in already. Okay, so I got my. Uh, I got. Oh a, no, you can't tell them. You can't tell them because otherwise you can't tell them what coffee roasters. Tell them a roaster. Don't tell okay. them the bean because they might look it up. No, no, no. We won't tell them any any beans. But we we've got beans coming from Corvus, which is phenomenal. Oh, you met you've mentioned them before. Oh, Are they man. one of the ones out like Portland area? Oh, I can't remember where Corvus is. Cova is in Portland. Okay, I got some Cova. I got some East One. My friend Nick uh, turned me on to that. Say out of Brooklyn, Onyx, which we've had Onyx here before. Very good. Perla, mm-hmm. we've had Perla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a bag of pearl. I got some two that I wasn't familiar with, but my friend Zach, who tur- who's friends with the Q grader at Perla, Pastor Zach, told me about King State, and then another one called Black and White. So I was like, you know what? We're gonna try. We're cool. Gonna go for it. Rock and roll. And so, we've uh, we've enlisted a little bit of yes help for Skylar Koblenz for the brewing, and Mr. Ben Pant are gonna help us do some brewing, which I think is going to allow me to bring my espresso machine. Okay, and pull shots. So we'll pull shots because we'll have enough people doing pour overs. I'm gonna make cold brew uh, probably on Thursday, so it's as fresh as can Just be. Let it, let it yeah. simmer. Yeah, we'll start it Thursday night or Thursday morning, and then uh, pull it Friday and filter it, and then it'll be ready for Saturday. So I'll make a couple, and I'm actually gonna use an Ethiopian from uh, Five Lakes for that. I okay. I won 
a drawing with five likes. Huh? Yeah. Was this like one of their Instagram giveaway yeah, kind of yeah, things? Yeah, I won. I just, I all you had to do was like, like the thing and put a comment on it, like the post. And I won an Aeropress Brewer, which I'm, which is like a little like piston style brewer, manual brewer. Huh? And I won two bags of coffee to my taste. I got to pick the bean and I got to take uh, pick the roast level. So I got two bags of light roasted Ethiopian. Aunt Jansen, their roaster across the street from where the studio is right here. Uh, he got me those uh, bags last week. And then I, I tried the AeroPress. I'm still not a fan of AeroPress. It's probably because I don't know how to use so it. So what, like what? Like, what do you say? It's a, like a piston. I like, I'm trying so, to picture this in my mind. I don't even know how to describe it. So imagine like a, a tall cylinder like this on the bottom is a screw on little plate with a, a paper filter. You put your, you put your uh, coffee grounds in there. You fill it with hot water. And then inside of that, there's a slightly smaller piston with a big handle on it and you press it down. So it's kind of like a French press. It is exactly like a French press, but the only difference is this. So a French press obviously has a screen on it. Mm -hmm. So allows super amounts of chunk. Oh yeah, you get you get swarf. like chunky chunks down yeah, the bottom of your cup. Yeah, cuz it comes you... through the thing. Yeah. So an AeroPress is is a vacuum it's zero. It's a rubber gasket that huh. that pushes it through that filter into your cup. People use it to brew espresso, they'll brew drip coffee. Um yeah, so I tried it and I used the James Hoff James Hoffman technique, uh, the coffee messiah we call him. He and I did not get a good I did not get a good cup of coffee for okay. that. But so you just have to keep messing around with that. I or feel just stick, like or stick with what you know. I feel like the 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 personally the heat loss that I experienced with it was so profound, like it was crazy. I, I brewed off a boil and mm. it just was not hot. I feel like if someone and I bet there is one, if someone made a stainless steel polished AeroPress, it'd probably pre be pretty killer because then you could you fill it with heat. yeah. Well, you'd fill it with with boiling water and let it sit for five minutes. Pour your water out so you've preheated the vessel, then brew in it, oh. which is exactly what you do with an espresso machine. You let it sit for about twenty minutes. There we go. Yeah, so we're learning stuff, and we and did gentlemen. it again this week. We're, we're, yes, but that was my fault. I I just I I sucked up all that time at the front end. We're good talking about my top fifteen. We're good. So. All right. Well, yesterday yes. we continued in the Awakened series. Pastor yeah. Brandon Kinsey yes. brought the message. We jumped into Acts chapter eight. Acts chapter eight. Acts yep. chapter eight. Just the first uh, first little bit of that. Yep. So I'm turning in my La Biblia here, not to be confused with La Barba. They're different. Different. They're different. One Bible is a beard, versus one beard. Is a, one. Is a, yeah, one's True. a Bible, one is a beard. True. Uh, so what jumped out to you as I'm as I'm turning? Yeah, I, you know, I think the biggest takeaway is uh, Kinsey, he showed a side of himself, I think, as a teacher that I haven't seen a lot. A lot of times when Kinsey teaches, his I think his sanguine personality comes through and there's a lot... Um, there's a lot of uh, happiness and joy that comes from mm. his teaching, which is super cool. But yesterday, honestly, he got kind of fierce. Like he, which he he, he warned everybody at the front. He end, did. Like, hey, I'm not he angry. Did. I'm not angry. Yes, he did. So, uh, but yeah, I, I my favorite part just all together was just that you know he he brought a really solid challenge to the church which was about boldness. You know, what, what does it mean to be bold in your workplace for the gospel, bold in your neighborhood, uh, and bold with your family uh, in the gospel? I, I was really, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Right, I mean, and we've talked about boldness a little bit before, but mm -hmm. I mean, here we see it, 
you know, you had this kind of localized yeah. uh, persecution yeah. of some of the believers, but now you start to see this ramp up, you know, because mm-hmm. he talked he talked about Saul and how mm-hmm. he began to really kind of go after yeah. the church. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is like we're dragging you to prison. We're stoning yeah. you. Like this is like pretty heavy duty. House to house. Yeah. Is what house to house persecution. Mm-hmm. So which I like that, you know, kind of that even that challenge. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about here about the idea of the table. Yes. You know, and, and he kind of he did. He, he presented that kind of challenge to mm-hmm. uh, the body as well. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, like their their model was not just this big corporate gathering. Yes. Right. In the synagogue, in the in the temple courts. Right. Which they did. But he said, also, man, we're we're going to our homes and in in this mm-hmm. space, we're having conversations. We're digging in. We're 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 testing. Man, hey, is this is what they're saying? Does that line up with the scripture? Like all all these different things. Yeah, man, what if we uh, what if we all did that? Which the whole staff got sort of a taste of that idea uh, at Exponential this year, the first week of March. Um, John Mark Comer and Christine Kane back to back tag teamed uh, a teaching on using the table as this evangelistic um, tool, this this way of saying, you know, and, and Kinsey said in his very uh, wonder way, uh, as a wonderer on the, on the Working Genius, he said, I wonder what it would be like if we were to use our dinner tables. He's, he said it this way. I thought it was pretty cool. He's like, so you have to eat a meal every day, right? <laughs> and your neighbors have to eat a meal every day. Uh, what would it look like if you ate that meal together and uh, just perhaps had an opportunity to share uh, what God's been doing. Um, I'm still reeling from that challenge uh, in March. No, and, and I, hearing I think, it from Kinsey know, and we had, yeah, and we had mentioned that before on here, but I think that was a really cool way that, that, that pastor Brandon looked at yes. practices of the early church. Mm-hmm. Like this was, this was the norm for them, yeah. right? They're, they're mm-hmm. meeting in their homes, which is why Saul goes from house to house He's not just going to the synagogue or the temple or this this corporate gathering place. Right. He's he's having to go hunt them down where they're actually meeting and doing these things. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's something that we can we can learn from, mm-hmm. and uh, and ideally we uh, we begin to utilize our homes uh, for kingdom purposes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can't. We talk about this in the Rating Institute. Um, you know, just really kind of marrying the idea of hospitality which mm-hmm. there's a high call for hospitality in scripture yes um but marrying hospitality with evangelism so yeah, yeah. so that was a that was a really good challenge i thought so too so, maybe read the text josh um yeah so i think it's just what what did he do the first eight verses he did so uh, i'm just gonna start uh, with he started in acts 1 8 though he did he did which is is where jesus says hey you got to wait till holy spirit comes and then you're going to be my witnesses in in jerusalem judea samaria into the ends of the earth mm-hmm. he says holy spirit's going to show up yeah. boom like then you're going to yeah. You're going to spread out and you're going to carry this, which we see in a really cool way in Acts chapter two. Yes. Because you have you have Jewish people from all over the known world have gathered and they are uh, amongst these people that get saved on the mm-hmm. day of Pentecost when Holy Spirit shows up in this really cool way. Um, the the apostles begin to preach uh, in unknown tongues mm-hmm. they were unknown to them but mm-hmm. what we glean from the text is these were these were human languages right spoken that other people could understand mm-hmm. um you know so now you have you have jews from all over their own world are accepting the gospel right and 
they're going to return. So, I mean, you've already seen some of this spread that mm -hmm. Jesus talked about in Acts 1-8. Uh, but he, yeah, he told his apostles, you're going to be my witnesses. Right. Uh, and you're going to carry this. And then uh, I'm going to jump in Acts 8. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So a great wave of persecution began that day. This is the day, you know, because we talked about uh, Stephen and how Paul stood there like mm -hmm. totally cool with him being uh, stoned. It says, uh, great persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Which again, those are two of the the, the areas that in Acts 1-8, Jesus said, these are places where you are going to be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Mm -hmm. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was one of the other things that, that you know, Pastor Brand kind of hit on is that idea of joy, right? So, so you have the apostles, you know, the 12, uh, they kind of, they hang out in Jerusalem still, which, you know, for a while was kind of the base of operations for the early church. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we know later in Acts, we see uh, James is kind of, you know, at the at the head of some of that as they mm -hmm. navigate different things mm -hmm. but they stay but everyone else right they scatter right they're in yep. judea they're in samaria they're they're going to all these different places and i love that where it says wherever they went they preached the good news yeah you know this is why you know we've we for a while now when we uh i think back when we did our reaching out series we we used this language and we didn't come up with it i'm pretty sure uh somebody else came up with it but we we borrowed it because it was really good but it's it's where you work, live, and play. Yeah. Like wherever we go. Yeah. That how covers. Can, how can we. Yeah. That covers a big part of our, our, yeah, existence here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, uh, I thought another thing that, that Kinsey brought out, which was, he kind of did it in a, in a tongue in cheek sort of way, but I thought it was a really important thing. And it's something we need to really think on is uh, persecution, right? Mm. We, we have this idea sometimes that we may be even experiencing persecution and those listening or watching, maybe you actually have, you know, we're not dismissing that, but by and large here in the United States, we are not experiencing persecution. He brought up some funny things, you know, like the band didn't play the music that they wanted, or they didn't like the particular speaker who was speaking that Sunday morning. That's not persecution. Um, having someone come to your house and drag you out of your house. <laughs> that's, that's, persecution. yeah, yeah. I would challenge anybody to try that at my house uh, because my kids don't, would, don't challenge. Sorry. I mean, my dude, kids your will kids thrash are, you. Your kids will beat them up. Yes. They're, uh, they're black belts. They're, but they're, they're uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get what's coming. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't go break it. No. But don't. I thought that this, the idea of, of saying, you know, that, uh, persecution, though we have not experienced it here in the United States, it's very, very real mm -hmm. for our brothers and sisters around the country or around the world, I should say. Uh, and we do, we, we just kind of forget that sometimes. I know yeah. I, I do. And, you know, I mean, cause we, we live in such an insulated mm -hmm. bubble, uh, mm -hmm. here in the, in the West, um, yeah. which I mean, I mean, quite frankly, like I'm, I'm grateful mm -hmm. 
I'm grateful that we're not persecuted, man. I would. Yeah. Years ago, I was in a Bible study with a guy, and and I mean, I I think I get his heart, but I, it's one of those things like you you you, you kind of pray against the things he's praying. He would actually pray because you'd read something like this. Yeah. And you see persecution happens, the gospel spreads. I know where you're going with this. This guy would actually pray for persecution to happen bro so that the gospel would spread i'm like yeah. no no yeah. like lord please if you if you're gonna ignore somebody's prayer today ignore his yep because we don't i'm very grateful yes that we have the freedoms that we do now the the danger with that is i think we we take it for granted complacency and um mm -hmm. i think i think that has let me let me I think the the comfort that we live in has been a significant contributor to uh, what what is sometimes called cultural Christianity. Mm. Uh, I, think it, I think it's Ed Stetzer, right? Like he's done mm -hmm. like massive studies, or in seventy five percent at at one point. This was a few years ago, so mm -hmm. this could have changed. Seventy five percent of the the population of the United States would say that they are Christian, right? However, when you really like drill in, what does it mean to be and a look at that? Yeah, uh, of those seventy-five percent, only a quarter of them actually engage in behaviors or practices mm -hmm. that align with the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm not good with math, but I mean, so so only twenty-five percent <laughs> yeah. of the seventy-five percent yeah. actually live out their faith right. to any extent mm -hmm. i think if 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 we're in a country where to be a christian means i could go to prison yeah <laughs> i could be killed yeah um my business could be mm -hmm. shunned right mm -hmm. to where now my livelihood is is done away with if we lived in a place like that i don't think you would have people going around, oh yeah yeah i'm a christian i'm a christian yeah mm -hmm. no no you're not you're not going to do that because yeah. that carries a lot of consequences with it. So the 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 freedoms that we have again, I think by and large, we've taken those for granted. Um, again, and but I'm very grateful. I'm 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 grateful. I don't have to sneak to church. Yeah, you know that I can get together, stand arm yeah. in arm with my brothers and sisters in the faith, mm -hmm. and and loudly sing. Yep, uh, and not not have to worry about whether the police are going to come knock down the door and, and drag us off to prison. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the flip side of that coin is, um, yeah, you've got a lot of people that claim the name, but, but don't actually, uh, do anything that looks like Jesus. I, and you know, you and I, we've talked a little bit about this and maybe this will be a book, um, that we do on our, on our spinoff book series. Mm-hmm. But the divine commodity. Yeah. You know, he, um, what's the guy's name? Sky. Uh, Sky Jed, 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 Thani. Jed okay. Thani, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said his last name. Cause I was like, I have no idea. I how think to it's Jed Thani. But I mean, he talks about the idea that like, it's, it's so frustrating that, that your average quote unquote Christian doesn't look any different than, than an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Mm-hmm. We're, we're supposed to be new creations. We're supposed to be transformed by Holy Spirit. Living as foreigners. Yes. I mean, if if there's no discernible difference, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, and, and that's where, to kind of go back to how we started this, I think things like 
the purity culture and both in the i mean a lot of the purity culture was was connected to sex and, and, mm -hmm. and whatnot mm -hmm. but i mean you kind of expand that out to even things like media you know christian you know music and book like yep. whatever i do think some of that was probably started to separate out from the main culture because we don't want to the, the problem is we've <laughs> we've just kind of made you know christian versions of everything i mean i remember going to the going to the records and again i love i love me my my underground christian music so i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not knocking that but i mean you'd go to the you'd go to the christian you know record store when i was a teenager and they've got these charts hanging by the all the albums right like if you like smashing pumpkins then try Driver Eight, which psh, Driver Eight, Watermelon, awesome record, but I mean, but they they yeah. give you like these, yeah, these Christian. It's like Coca Cola and Diet Coke, <laughs> you know. Towards like, okay, like, are we are we separating from the culture? Are we just trying to do an imitation? I don't know. I'm Josh the first. Sideways you're gonna again. know this way better than I will because I can't remember. I think his name's Tim. Yeah, Tim Elmore, Habitudes guy. Mm -hmm. So do you remember the 41 hours like years and years ago? I think it was the first one that we all went to that Tim Elmore yeah, was the speaker was the, yep. and he did this whole presentation on on the Christian um, well, the, the ghetto. retreating. Yeah. He called it yeah, the, the ghetto, ghetto or the pogrom, right? Where Christian culture, rather than existing and living within the world where God had placed us, there was this shift where... Let's take our kids out of public school. Let's homeschool. Hey, I homeschooled all my kids. So please don't hear me, listener, I send, viewer. I send my kids to a to a yep. private Christian don't, school. We're not knocking that. And don't hey, hear we're me not say, knocking, man, if you're, if you, yes. I know we've got people listening that you work for, we're not knocking no. you if you work for the public schools, if you send your kids, whatever, we're not yep. knocking that. But there was this movement where not just some of the people were hearing from God to homeschool their kids and some of the people were hearing from God to put their kids into public school. It was just this mass exodus from culture. We exited from music, art, all of these sorts of things. And we created this sort of like insular, uh, like it's us for no more kind of thinking and cultural demise began to happen rather than us being salt and light in the world in which God had placed us. We basically became chummy and, and opened up all these marketplaces for Christian tchotchke, which is what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause so rather than existing, right, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. I think rather than exist, in the the surrounding culture and look different right what we did ran is made a christian version of everything that uh, culture yeah. had to offer secluded ourselves from the world mm -hmm. and tried to exist in this mm -hmm. this again what tim elmore would call like this christian ghetto mm -hmm. um yeah and, and 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 again there there's a lot of uh, there's some value there are things we want to you know yes cut off or or yes. not partake in as a follower of jesus so i mean yes there, well, there should be a separation from some things of the culture yeah but to to do it in this kind of monastic mm -hmm. uh method mm -hmm. I, I don't think that was uh an effective <laughs> an effective move well and, and josh you and i are a part of a movement the wesleyan movement which is a holiness movement right that's what it was found on with john wesley um and so the, the heart behind that is very, very good. 
right? It's very good. But how can we be holy amidst an unholy people? Well, but also it's, you, you hit at it. What did you say? Holiness is the heart of it. Is that yeah. what you just said? Yeah. The, the issue is we made holiness about a set of behaviors, not about a heart. Mm. Again, which which Jesus Jesus deals with. He says, "Man, it, again, you read the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just about these behaviors; it's yeah. the heart that fuels yeah. the behaviors. So, mm-hmm. if we just regulate behavior, you should not listen to Metallica, right? Well, that's right. like that's a that's a behavior modification. Mm-hmm. That isn't actual holiness. Yeah, we haven't done anything to actually address the heart of like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. why why should I?" make certain choices for or against things in my entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've talked about this, you know, in a, in a previous episode, Hey man, if there's something and there's, you know, sexually game of Thrones, material, right? Like you've said, no, that's not something. Why? No. Because God has given us his design for sexuality. And he said, yes. this is, this is good and right. Anything outside of this is not. No. So if we begin to entertain ourselves with things that are not, uh, that's where we have to, eh, okay, that's something that we should exclude. Why? Because I don't want to be putting into uh, my mind and into my heart these things that go against the design of God. But it's also because it's who you are. Jesus has made you holy. Like Jesus has set you apart and made you righteous before the Father. It's actually the real person that you are is a holy person and a righteous person. And all of the things that we do that are outside of practices that that display holiness and righteousness, that's just flesh. That's just sinful Mm -hmm. nature. And what we're really seeing, and I I heard it this morning on the uh, Practicing the Way podcast, there is a resurgence of a call to obedience. There is a resurgence of a call to holiness in the church, particularly of the generation behind us. Mm. Josh, you know, you're millennial, I'm Gen X, um, you know, the Gen Z, they're they're kind of tired of the production. Mm. They're kind of tired of the show. They're kind of tired of the pretend. They're kind of tired of playing church. And kind of like we were talking about before we hit record here, they're looking for uh, a a real community of people who are actually following Jesus, Mm -hmm. like walking like Jesus did. And and I have that same desire. And I do believe, I want to say this on top of what you said, because our hearts, because the people that we are, we have we have been crucified with Christ. The new man is risen, right? Baptismal uh, images. I do believe that there are practices in our lives that display who we are. So there could be seasons of life where we're not disciplined in certain practices of our lives because we're behaving against our nature. Mm. We're behaving we're behaving more about our human nature. And I, I love like John Mark Comer will say, you know, Christian, you have no business watching Game of Thrones. Mm. That is trash. It's garbage, right? Am I saying I've never watched stuff like that? Of course not. I'm not saying that. Is it my practice to say, oh, well, it's art and it's culture and it's like <laughs> it's Hollywood, whatever, and it's make believe and it's pretend? No. No. And I don't care if people call me a prude. Uh, there are certain things like, man, that's not for us. Well, as, as right. I mean, and, and, it, and it gets it gets dicey when we start to feel like we have to rationalize. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's a really good story, man. It's like, right. it's really a story. It's basically 
porn. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, there, there's no, there's, uh, no. we've said it before. Uh, Lisa and I, uh, we heard all about this. It was, oh, it's a really cool storyline, you know, and uh, we got into watching the first episode of Game of Thrones. And in that first episode, a man is intimate with his blood sister. And we're, 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 this is happening. We're like, what is going on here? This is, this is terrible. This is terrible. We turned it off. Never went back. Well, and this is where, you know, you see, this is where, where culture, you know, yeah. creeps in, right? Things yeah. that are, are absolutely abhorrent to mm-hmm. our creator. We've mm-hmm. made these entertainment. Yeah. So we've got people people watch again, and if you're if you're out there and you're like, oh, I love Game of Thrones, I I kind of hope you feel a little bit guilty after watching because I mean, because why, why, mm-hmm. why? I mean, I bet you you could find really good stories that mm-hmm. don't rely on all of that, right? It, it, ultimately, you you have to start asking Pastor Karen. I wish she was here with us to to speak into what I'm about to say because she has a much better grasp and understanding of the mysteries I'm about to talk about. Uh, what are you inviting when mm. you do that, right? What what doors, what spiritual doors are you opening when you invite some of that stuff into your life? And I know for me, you know, there's there and and back to the music discussion. There is certain music that if I spend too much time listening to that music, it it affects me, mm-hmm. right? It totally affects me. I will I will. I will end up in a depression. I'll end up being more fearful. I open a door, I think, to spiritual attack. And I don't want to be mystical, depending on your persuasion, listener, viewer. Uh, I don't want to be overly mystical, but the spiritual world is very real. And there are real enemies of, of our soul, a single enemy that comes in a lot of different ways. And I mean, I would have to go back. I, at one point, I looked up what the, the origins of this were. I remember... And granted, I think this was misapplied mm. uh, at times within that kind of that purity culture. Yes. But I mean, this idea that, that the devil was the chief musician. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, I mean, so you'd be like, oh, Lucifer, yeah, of, cor- yeah. of course, all these good bands are terrible for you because the devil, he was a rock and roller. Right. Uh, again, Isaiah I, chapter six or nine or something. But I mean, yeah. it, but it's, you know, I do think that. I don't. I don't think we can write off uh, entire no. uh, types of music, and we've talked about this before. Right. But uh, in the event there's any validity to that, the, the devil was a uh, a musician kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, it would make sense that he would leverage that as a medium to mm-hmm. uh, lead us astray well it's also why when we get together as as christians right and we sing praise to god we'll sing a psalm like we did yesterday psalm 19 that uh what that does is is we we sense and feel the difference in our own spirits right Mm -hmm. like we know in our souls oh wow this is pleasing to god it blesses uh my soul as well so it, we know what's good for us. I think we do. The spirit bears witness. Yeah. Now, are we saying that you have to only listen to praise and worship music? No. No. I would be. I would be in violation because I. I honestly, outside of church, I don't really listen to to praise and worship music. Right. So. And well, and here's the here's the question. And my mom and I were actually talking about this a few weeks ago. Like, what what is what's the sieve? Like, what is the what's the way that we grade and how do we discern what is for us and what isn't in the church? And, you know, modern people will call this deconstruction, right? You're deconstructing your faith to come to what is true. 
I think that's lifelong practice. So I have a couple things that I do, right? I will say, you know, and you've heard me say these before on this podcast, Josh, does it draw me closer to Jesus, right? Does it make me more like Jesus? And does it make me hear the voice of Jesus more? So even when I'm listening to that, that secular music, you guys have heard me talk about different things that I hear in that music. Am I listening and looking for Jesus? Am I always like, is my bend towards, because mm. I really truly and absolutely believe all truth is God's truth. Mm. And some people would say, no, that's not true. I actually think it is. I think God, whenever we find and experience truth, even if it comes through a, a very warped direction, God spoke that truth. He's the originator, the, the creator of all truth. And so when truth comes through a vein that isn't normal, we have to say, okay, I hear, I hear the voice of God in that, but what voice are we actually hearing? You get, that's the question. Like what, what, what's actually happening to me? Okay. When I think about this particular song and the lyrics, does it actually draw me into holiness? Right. What's the fruit? What's the fruit? And apply, apply that to, you know, any other media, you yes. know, uh, books, yep. you know, TV shows, movies, yep. whatever. Yeah. Apply that. But dude, yeah, we're way, how did we get to that? I can't we got, remember. Persecution. We, we were talking about persecution. persecution. Our cult, yeah. well, cultural Christianity. Yeah. Again, and, and, and not man, being actually persecuted. Do we as, do we as followers of Jesus, do we look right. just like the culture around us? Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I think that's kind of how yeah. we, and Kinsey was actually saying that, you know, he, he was, he was saying, you know, are you more afraid? Like when you go to work, are you more afraid about losing your job than about the soul of the coworker? Now, when he said that, I was like, whoa, that's super, super heavy duty. It mm. shocked me coming from, from Brandon because that's, that's, I knew it was like something the Lord had been speaking to him because that's not normally, that isn't normally something that he would say. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a kind of a shocking thing. Well, I mean, and, and you have to look at it, you know, the way that some professions are, are coached or taught. I remember when I was in school for occupational therapy, like the professor explicitly said, like you are, you are never talk to clients about faith. Yeah. Like that is inappropriate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're there to provide, you know, mm -hmm. therapeutic services. Mm -hmm. You're there to do this. You are not there to talk about faith. Right. You are not to pray with people. You are not to blah blah blah. You know, like right. And it was like, well, right, <laughs> right. I, and I see a balance. In, and even when Kinsey said what he said, I, I sensed a balance because part of it, part of me, was saying this in my mind was saying the people that I'm, that have employed me at that job are paying me to come do this particular job. So if God is sovereign and he's holy, I should be able to, th there shouldn't be this juxtaposition where, where God is requiring me to share the gospel that would lead me to a place where I would lose my job. Mm. You know, there's a way to be faithful to the truth of the gospel and faithful to your employer. You know, I think there's there's a way that that. Can but, be done. but it's not outside the realm of possibilities. No, it is not. God will say, hey, I want you to not. do this. And you think well, that's going to get me fired. And that's what kids and maybe saying. get you fired. I mean, yeah. yeah, but ultimately, yeah. Are we mm -hmm. are we going to submit to what Holy Spirit calls yeah. us to, even if there's mm -hmm. a possibility that we get fired? And that really led us into the final. I mean, the real push to Kinsey's message, which was talking about boldness, you know, basically asking that question are you going to be bold for the gospel are you going to be bold he even paused at the very end if you haven't watched the video it's kind of kind of cool he paused and he asked people to write something down that mm -hmm. the holy spirit speaking he's like i'll wait <laughs> 
and you just stood there. I was like, Kinsey's all sort of fired up today. It was good. In a good way. In, In a, a good, good way. way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, waiting for people to basically uh, kind of download and translate what the Holy Spirit had been speaking to them and hopefully like take some action. And that's how he started the message as well. If you remember, he was like, listen, I don't want anybody to come up to me afterwards and say, this was a big old attaboy uh, pat on the back, great message thing. He's like, I don't want that at all. I want someone to come to me and say, the Holy Spirit used you through the gift of teaching to challenge me in this area of my life. Now I am going to be more like Jesus because of what I heard from God. That's, and, and I, I would agree with that. Well, I mean, that's our hope. Every, every time one of us yes. takes the stage, whether yes. it's through music, through teaching, right. through whatever, right. like, it's our hope and prayer that, that this wouldn't just be like something that's like, oh, hey, that was cool. Right. But that it would actually be a, a tool of transformation. Mm -hmm. We pray that every uh, week. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else jump out to you from yesterday? No, I'm just no. I, over the that passage was, here. That was good. That was good. Yeah. But. No, I do think it's interesting, right? So you see in verse verse six, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and mm -hmm. see the miraculous signs he did. A mm -hmm. um, couple of points there. One, I think we should be praying uh, all the time. Lord, move in power, mm -hmm. right? Like, man, are there, I think we, mm -hmm. we believe that the Holy Spirit still operates in the in the supernatural right mm -hmm. there are still miracles that happen mm -hmm. uh why don't we why don't we pray for that more but also i think it, it highlights and they've done research on this um totally drawing a blank on the guy's name but this i think this was connected with a, a study out of the billy graham uh center institute. or institute mm -hmm. at wheaton college okay um says the people listen intently because they want to hear the message sometimes we say no for people uh, when they their default posture is actually a yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't, it might inviting weird them people out, to church might weird them out yep. if I talk to them about Jesus. Yep. Uh, when when the studies are like of of unbelievers, right? Most of them would actually respond positively to something like an invitation to church. Mm -hmm. Um, they're they're just waiting to be asked. Yep. So we we say no. So when you know it says that they they listened intently because they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, I think more people want to hear than we give credit yeah uh we're like so we say no for an awful lot of people mm -hmm. when man i think our, our default posture should be yes it should be bold yes it, we should have a boldness to and and the, the the kind of the barometer i like to use with those things is like do you think that Satan would put a thought in your mind to pray for someone <laughs> do you think that Satan right. would put a thought in your mind to invite your neighbor to church no probably not probably the Lord probably god just so go just go with that be bold that. and and walk in obedience to that thing and do it and uh as kinsey said sometimes that's uncomfortable sometimes that's hard uh to do but nevertheless we need to do it the apostles were facing legit persecution mm -hmm. but we say no because it's uncomfortable uh innocent man like we're mm -hmm. a bunch of punks yeah we're a bunch of punks soft so yeah yep no i well, agree well hey uh before we wrap it up i want to give a shout out so i actually i watched the broadcast yesterday because i was mm -hmm. i was not in service i was uh on a silent retreat with some of our radio institute students and i want to give a huge shout out to the hermitage okay the hermitage is the retreat center that we went to it's in just outside of three rivers okay um fantastic place you know we've talked previously uh 
in our more series about silence and solitude. If you are looking for a really cool place to do like a little silent retreat, whether it's a day, a weekend, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I would highly recommend the Hermitage. And now, can you do that a, by yourself? Can you, you can. Just, okay, you can cool. just do an individual okay. one. Now there's a there's a, a, a small cost sure. associated with it, but I mean they do mm-hmm. they do great stuff, man. They wow. they fed. We stayed over for uh, two nights there. They fed us like it was just mm-hmm. super cool environment. Um, so yeah, I want to give a huge shout out to to Troy and Faith and Jane um, at the Hermitage. Um, Haley, maybe you can throw a link. I'll try to send you a link and you can put it in the Haley, the, in the description. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, just for the, for the hermitage. Uh, yeah, super cool. Cause okay. maybe for you, you need to spend some time processing, mm-hmm. you know, what some of these things look like. You, mm-hmm. you need to process Lord. Who are you calling me to Lord? Uh, where yeah. are areas I need to be bold? Holy spirit. What are you saying to me? And to be able to fully engage with him, you need that, that time away of just dedicated silence and solitude. That's an option for you. Fasting, prayer, silence, and solitude are the the means by which we discover the will of God. So lean in. Yes, lean, lean in. in. This has been episode thirty. Episode it's been 30. fantastic uh, to be with you guys once again. Another week. Josh and I always say it's a highlight of our week uh, to to share our mumblings with the listeners and viewers. Uh, we hope you find it encouraging. Hope you find it edifying. If you do, would you just make sure and share this again, push this uh, podcast out uh, on your social media platforms. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Remember I, and I, it's the truth for my life. So I'll say it to you. Uh, I only listen to the podcasts I subscribe to and I subscribe to lots of them, but I only listen to the ones I subscribe to. And so uh, we want to encourage you to subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel uh, for Radiant Life Church and the podcast feed for Radio Life Church. Yeah, so. we'd appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us for this episode. We look forward to talking to you next time for episode 31. God bless. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.